Hello and welcome to Wavemakers, the podcast where we get to know the ocean and water tech and the people behind these blue technologies that are destined to become climate solutions. I'm Tamara Khan, your skipper on this less than three hour tour aboard the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Welcome to 2024. Usually I like to have had an episode where I take time to reflect on all the amazing guests that I've had the privilege of interviewing on the show. But I'm going to do things a little differently this year, or in fact, very differently. This will be the final episode of Wavemakers. Because I'd very much like to share that episode, given the enormity of 2023 and how proud I am to have completed my second year of podcasting, I'll be sure to share that year in review on my LinkedIn. So please look me up if we're not already connected. Meanwhile, I'll be fully focused this year on my work at Seaworthy Collective as we launch our new startup studio and incubator program. I'm so excited to be directing this three-month program, activating our community and growing scalable companies and impact in the ocean space. If you know of an aspiring founder or an ocean tech startup that could use some tailored, outcome-driven support, please feel free to, to email me, tamara at seaworthycollective.com, or visit or share our application page, seaworthycollective.com forward slash sea change. As for this last episode of Wavemakers, I'm stoked to be able to share a conversation that I had last year with one of the founders of Econcrete, a company that's at the forefront of transforming the way we approach coastal and marine infrastructure. I've had my eye on Ido and his late co-founder, Shimrit, since 2016, I think. And I was really chuffed to get to speak to him and to wrap up my startup-focused show with a company that was founded in Israel, the Startup Nation, a very small place with a startup economy second only to Silicon Valley. Econcrete is one of those startups that is doing work all over the world, including in Miami, where my work with Seaworthy Collective is based. So it's kind of poetic for me. I'm really excited to share this with you. I hope you'll enjoy one more round of exploring the intersection of regeneration, technology, and marine conservation. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the show, Ido. Thanks for being with me today. Hi, Tamar. Happy to join. Well, well, I'm very excited to, to get to talk to you about Econcrete, a company that I've been aware of at least since 2016 and been tracking. You seem to have a lot of traction, winning lots of awards and gaining a lot of support. So I'm going to start this episode like I start all my episodes and ask you, you know, where did the inspiration come from? Where did you come from? Why did you start this endeavor? <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Actually, it's, it's uh, uh, for us, it was... Uh, um, we started uh, uh, both myself and uh, Dr. Schmidt called Finkel. We, we founded the company in 2012 after stepping out of the academy, after uh, years of of, of being uh, on a pure academic research, marine biology academic research, focusing on uh, on on coral reefs and, and artificial reefs and evaluating the performance of, of different structures of the water. Um, and and we stepped out of the university. At a point when we uh, um, had some kind of a, a aha moment that we we you know for years we were focusing on how can you increase you know support biodiversity and ecosystem services by building things on the water 
And, and at a certain point, we saw that there's so much infrastructure that is built in the water. And, and, and we, we, we got to the point of how can we harness it instead of adding more materials in? How we can we harness the infrastructure of the piers and the ports and the breakwaters and the jetties and the city waterfronts? Um, how can we harness them to provide ecosystem services? And, and, and in, in the beginning, it was just a concept. And, and then slowly, slowly, we started to zoom in on, on actual technologies. And this is uh, what brought us to Econ Group. So you, both you and Shimrit, your former co-founder, were marine biologists. And you, know, you sort of noticed there was something that could be done. And I like that, that you were paying attention to what was already there. What kind of... I don't know, validation did you did you go through to figure out, you know, we could get into this infrastructure business and and turn it into an ecosystem service? It, it actually started by uh, completely by accident. Um, we, we did um, at the time we did uh, a lot of surveys on, on, on infrastructure and assessing the, the, the ecosystem services, biodiversity, the um, you know, the, the, the dominance of invasive species of those structures for uh, uh, different asset owners that have uh, assets uh, along the, the coastline. And one of them was, was a power plant that had uh, like an inner harbor with, with large concrete seawalls. And while we were diving along those seawalls, uh, we, we saw what we usually see on concrete structures on the water, which is, which is really low biodiversity and dominance of invasive species. And, and, and not the same biological community that we see on natural reef nearby. But at a certain portion, a certain point on that specific seawall, suddenly uh, 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 we saw a different biological image. So we suddenly saw a species that we, we, we didn't saw in other parts of the port, and we saw um, um, they're covering more space. We saw that they're competing with the invasive species. We saw suddenly there's a, um, in terms of, you know, just biodiversity, more species per, per area. Um, and when we step out of the water, we asked some of the managers, the asset, the asset managers there, uh, what's different between this part and this part? Because what we see on the water is very different. And they're like, gave us this puzzled look and they said, well, we don't know. It's, it's all of them are seawalls and they're probably built more or less at the same time. But, but we were lucky enough and this, uh, uh specific power plant was, was really, you know, uh, um, really, I don't know, logged all the work that was done there in the past. And a few weeks later, they came back to us and they said, you know what, it's, it's funny, but uh, we looked into what you said and it was a part of the project was done 10 years ago or so. And the portion that you, 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 you pointed up on the pier where this biology changed from one, one, one end to the other is actually a portion that was cast at the same day. And, and then uh, uh, the immediate question was, maybe it was cast with something different. Maybe it was cast with a different concrete. Maybe it was cast with something that was better for the biology. And we asked them to dig in a little bit into the, into the papers, and, and they came back, and we were like, sure that we're going to find the solution. And they came back and said, nope, it was cast with exactly the same concrete that the, the portion that was cast the day before and the day after. Um, and this brought us to uh, a kind of a question is, is what if, there are other elements that are affecting the ability of specifically concrete. At the time, we were starting to zoom in on concrete and, and that, that can become a better substrate and support better biodiversity. And we started to set up, we, we didn't know anything about concrete, so we reached out to concrete specialists and we asked them, what type of concrete are you used for marine construction? And they gave us the, 
uh, a little bit of, uh, um, it, you know, we understand that you don't know nothing and, and uh, let, let's see how we can help you. Um, and, and we coupled with them and we started a set of experiments that we, we started out in, in, the, in, in the Mediterranean and then later on we took them also to the Red Sea. And, and we, we mixed different types of concrete that is, that is uh, widely used for marine construction, and we evaluated the ability of them to support larval settlements. Okay, so those are the babies of the corals and, and, and the babies of the, the oysters and barnacles, et cetera, and, assess it, and putting them underwater and seeing how much they recruit. And at the same time, also doing tests in the lab of, of, of collecting those babies and growing them in the lab in a beaker and looking how they settle on the concrete. And, and at a certain point, we, we, we started to get an indication that some of them are more efficient than the other. Um, and then we, we, we started to isolate different materials from them and to understand what, what was the reason they performed better. And that was the point where we also initiated testing in, in, in the Red Sea. And when, and when we finished this, and we, we, we pulled all the data and, and just monitoring of, of a process like this is something like almost two years. Um, we had this, you know, the data was, was giving this beautiful image and, and we, we, we did what we used, you know, what we know what to do with it is basically publishing papers. So we wrote a nice we wrote a nice paper on this and we presented it in a conference. And I think that was a, a, a crucial moment because at that conference, um, one of the attendees was the head of the sanctuaries in NOAA. That was Dambasta. And and he came to us after that presentation and told us, I really like what you presented. I, I know, I'm not sure I can pres- uh, support you, but if you like to run the same experiment in the US, then then I can help you set it up in, in federal ports and, and give you access to NOAA Marine Labs to run it. Um, and, and let me know if you if it's something that you might be interested in, because we, we're interested to see the results and if you, if you get the same results also in the US. So that was the moment when Inconcrete was born because uh, uh, we came back and of course we said, yes, sure, we want to do that. We came back and we, we looked for a seed investor um, and, and, and that, that was our starting point. So we started with an R&D, with, not even with a concept, just with a question. Yeah. Um, Curiosity. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and that was the starting point. That's what also brought us to the US market and, and we uh, uh, ran those experiments for almost uh, two and a half years and on the east coast of the U.S., uh, from Key West, and you know, up to the um, the Hudson in New York, and even in the freshwater of the Great Lakes, and and we every three months we visited them and we pulled the tiles out and we evaluated and, and we measured them and scraped them, etc. And at the time, we were like that, just two marine biologists dealing with that, um, and and we we got the same results. We, we, we found that, that if we, we, we started to zoom in on materials that can be added into local concrete and can be an, an effect, an eff, and, and in a profound way affect his ability to support biology and a more balanced biology, which means that you can modify concrete in a, in, to, to, to support corals and to support species that in the past were rarely found on concrete structures. Um, and that's, that was the, uh, um, the, the second phase was if, if understanding if it's just the chemical composition of the concrete or also the rugosity, basically the, the, the surface texture. So we extended that experiment a little bit more. Um, and we found that both of them are, effect, are, are super important uh, um, for, for, uh, for promoting uh, um, a healthy biological community. 
And, and then we started to incorporate that into structures. So, so we had the finding, we, have the, we had the technology, and we knew that we can, we can work with it. And it was uh, how, let's, let's see if we could do the jump from, from a research to an applicable solution. And, and the first, we, we started with the seawalls that we put in different marinas and, and with portion of breakwaters uh, that were willing and, were, and, and showed uh, uh, interest in exploring this option. And with time, those pilots become bigger and larger, and 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 every every you know in region, different regions of the world that heard about us reached out to us, and we were like uh, uh, found a way to 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 uh, uh, showcase the technology in the region, and and slowly slowly the market grew, and also uh, environmental awareness and 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 the market was educated to understand that you can build in a more responsible way. You know, in a smarter way, in in a way that can provide ecosystem services, even in urban waterfronts and and uh, industrial waterfronts, and and I think it's it was a slow process that is now materializing uh, uh, significantly, both in uh, in Europe, in the U.S., and and also in in other regions. So you so much there. I what a fun origin story for starters. I, so you're a perfect example. I have to point out that. Both you and and Shimrit were were marine biologists, and you were at this power plant. So it just goes to show that you were scientists. Now you're founders, and it took sort of that other perspective, that marine biology knowledge and perspective, to come together with blue tech and and create the blue tech that is helping you know, helping our coastlines. And I, I, you just said so many things there that I want to dive into. But um, for starters, just a quick question. You mentioned that at the power plant that you asked them after seeing that section with more biodiversity in the concrete to dig into it a little more. Were the people at the power plant receptive to that? Did they, did they care that there was a, an uptick in the biodiversity? Well, um, I, I think it's it's the same way that I that I look at, at doing business, and the same way that I look at, at at working with my management team and and working with our employees. It's all all about relationship. So yeah, true. <laughs> so so it's it's amazing. It's true when you close a deal of 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 of, of building a port, and it's it's true when you when you when you're running a grant, and it's also true when you're asking for someone to do the next, you know, the, the extra step in in supporting you. Um. So so it was it was at, at the time it was super, you know we came out of the dive. We're sitting there. Uh, the, the manager came. We sat over coffee when we were wet with our wetsuit, and we started to ask questions, and we and we and we we ticked his curiosity. So and and later on, we were very receptive on on showing him what we found and and sharing the you know the underwater you know, the imagery that we took, and and get him on board with us. So so in, in a way, we we he joined us in this because he did the extra effort. He reached out to his engineers, and they pulled the data. And later on, when we asked again, he reached out to data that was not widely available, and he, uh, you know, on, on construction uh, documents that were done ten years ago, and and we were lucky enough that that was a very, you know, it was a, a, a power plant, so so they logging everything. If it was mm-hmm. like a private port or marina, that, that, that usually this information is lost somewhere. 
So, uh, so, so we were lucky. So there was a lot of luck and, and good relationship and willingness to help and support. And actually, those people are in touch with us until now. Like when, when we, when, you know, once in a while we're, we're touching base with them and when they have issues, they reach out. So, so yeah, it's again, relationship. Perfect. I, I know I have a lot of founders that listen to my uh, podcast. So those are pearls of wisdom and appreciate it. And I think the other piece is that you were scientists and presented that paper. Um, and at a conference, I, I'm assuming was like a scientific conference if Noah Sanctuaries was there and you were there presenting a paper. It wasn't a tech conference, right? It was, uh, um, it was actually the first time there was a, a kind of a, a semi-scientific tech. So it was, hmm. it was, it's actually now, um, it was in Savannah, Georgia, and it now moved and it's actually now in Fort Lauderdale or in Miami. It's, it's the uh, uh, ocean, ocean Exchange. Ocean exchange. So, yeah. so we did it on the first, we presented on the first Ocean Exchange. And, 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 oh, and Edo, I, I didn't know that. I was just at Ocean Exchange and, and know the founder of Ocean Exchange. And, and that's fantastic. So, so it, when we initiated, it was called the Savannah Ocean Exchange. And, and, exchange mm-hmm. and, then, and then it was, it was in Savannah, it was the first time it was, it was, it was done. Um, and created a lot of interest also in the scientific community because it was it was it was kind of a mix of of, of technologies and 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 regulations and and others, and there were a lot of uh, uh, you know as as now as people like that are like good people to meet in in in, in this event. Um, we had a paper that we published in in a peer review paper, so so we use it as in as, as the base and and presenting. Um, but but going back to uh, to the to the importance of doing science, I think this is one of our uh, um, um, I don't know, internal campuses campus on, on uh, uh, during the entire journey that the company is operating. Um, we are generating data and we are sharing the data and sharing the performance with with uh, as as much as we can, and we're doing this while on on scientific platforms. So we collaborate with universities and we publish at least one peer review paper um, a year. Um, and, and I think in order to uh, be it, within our field and coming with a claim of, I can provide ecological uplift and I can increase biodiversity, you need to back it up with science. Because and and that's what separates greenwash from from real uplift. So and 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 as a, and and early on as 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 we started, we 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 decided that, that will be the guideline for us. Like we we're not putting out there anything that is not validated by a third party, uh, um, or if it's not by a third party for by a long validation process that is that is uh, um, public public basically open for the public to, uh, 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 to review. Um, and it's to the point, for example, now that uh, last year we, we, uh, our technology was used and, and we ran an, a large project in, in the largest fishing port in Europe of replacing of seawalls and, and part of the breakwaters with, with basically um, structural solutions that, that are completely in line with the requirements of coastal construction, but at the same time provide validated, proven, uh, um, ecological uplift, and we're doing this together with uh, uh, um, university, Denmark University, 
uh, uh, that evaluating the fish communities, and we're doing it with the biological team of, of the port. And we actually even uh, launch an underwater observatory where people can step down below the waterline in a, a working waterfront. And actually, instead of looking at beautiful corals, they're looking at the seawalls of the port. And they see the biology that, 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 that those, that those seawalls in the port can, can support. So, uh, um, so, so it's, it's all about transparency and, and, and working uh, on scientific platforms and public, you know, using peer review pay, the peer review system is, is allowing you this type of uh, validation. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I have to ask you, where is that underwater observatory? You, you said in... It's in uh, uh, Vigo, Spain. Oh, wonderful. It's, it's uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's the largest fishing port in, in, in Europe, and it's, it's uh, uh, on the Atlantic shorelines of Spain. How neat. Okay, so actually that, again, so much to ask you, but so you're based in, in Tel Aviv, Israel. You have a team there in Spain, and I actually got connected with you after many years of wanting to connect with you and um, the late Shumrit. I met your colleague, Rachel Krasna, at Ocean Exchange in Fort Lauderdale. So she's part of the USA team. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. So we eagerly is operating through uh, uh, three hubs, uh, uh, Tel Aviv, Barcelona, and uh, the US, which is basically spread out between Florida and New York. Um, and in all of them, we have uh, uh, um, uh, the team, the offices, logistics centers that are servicing the market. Um, and and the and the three hubs are working together with uh, different uh, three different teams. Well, I, I kind of wanted to ask you actually then both how many countries are you already deployed in? But you brought up the environmental impact and measuring that as well. So I would love to hear where you are and if you have any success stories of impact that and through that data that you could share about positive environmental impact you're having. We have more than forty five projects worldwide. Uh, ranging from uh, uh, this year on uh, New Zealand and and we have Hong Kong and and in Israel and in Europe um, in the GCC in Abu Dhabi and and then on the west coast of the US on the east coast of the US in Canada um, and and in all of them the project are infrastructure so we're, we're not providing artificial reef we our technology is incorporated when they cast the piers and when they cast the pier piles or, or the revetments or the seawalls, um, and when they build the infrastructure to uh, uh, the same, when, when they build it for, for the, the lifespan that they're aiming for. So, so most of our projects are built with uh, a 60 years design life or 120 years design life. Um, our technology is used for uh, um, in the shipping channel of, of the port of San Diego and the shipping channel of the port of Rotterdam. And on the new key wall in the port of Rotterdam is is supporting the uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park, um, is now uh, um, incorporating the construction of the battery in New York, uh, uh, the living breakwater, which is eight breakwaters protecting the tip of Staten Island, uh, following Superstorm Sandy. Um, it's in the port of Hamburg and, and in, in the Monaco and in others. Um, and and if, if I look at about success stories, so for us, a success is first when we can support target species that we're aiming for, and a success and is 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 the is when we create a biodiversity uplift, and and in all of our projects, our average is that we're doubling biodiversity, and it's gotten to the point that, for example, on um, 
the shipping channel to the port of San Diego, where where the revetment were uh, a part of a revetment was was replaced with uh, basically the, the banks, or or uh, is in a very poor condition because it's a, it's a dredge material that was kept with with stone 60 years ago when when the core dredged the shipping channel, and there is a need to to provide a, a structural replacement. And, and maintenance. So our, our system were used for, for armoring those banks. And, and three months after, starting to see species that were, were, were only seen in La Jolla, in, in the natural reserve. Uh, uh, and, and this is really in the shipping channel in front of, of you know, in an area that are, that are servicing the, 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 the commercial traffic and, and the naval traffic that is there. Um, and it's it, it's not affecting structural performance. And the the, the best thing that you can see is that uh, um, we're diving into water and and um, and and we see that and we capture the information. You can see that there's more birds that are associated coming to forage in the fish. There's more fish and there's more lobsters, and Pacific oysters is coming back and other. But what is it is always great and to see is when someone is asking us, you know, for for direction how they can find this this part of the shipping channel where the technology is incorporated. Well, tell them just look where the fishermen are, because the, because that's where, it, where it's going to be, and, <laughs> and it's it's the best thing because you it's it's not just supporting the biology, it's also supporting the community, and I think and this is the the other part of of providing biodiversity uh, and uplift and, and ecosystem services. They're servicing the service are are are, are supporting us all of us, and in the same way that you see more more more. Uh, um, Fishermen there, um, in in the project that I mentioned in, in the Living Breakwater project in New York, when eight breakwaters that are protecting the tip of Staten Island, the town of Tottenville, that was 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 badly hit during Superstorm Sandy, and instead of building an armor that will just protect them, you 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 provide one that it's not only protecting the city, but it's also bringing back species and increasing biodiversity. Will 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 provide this will, will, will provide a, an uplift for uh, uh, water quality, um, increase fish dynamics and fish population around it. So, so you can you can harness nature to support us even when we build and we protect ourselves from 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 the sea and 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 even when we are building our infrastructure, um, because there is a benefit of of the coexistence and and uh, and we see that in I think across the board in in all of our projects. And and I think the other thing that is that is very important for us is is that we're we're really insist with with our clients that they will keep a part as a control. So by doing this, first of all, we they can see the difference of you know they invest an extra money in, in building better and more responsibly, and now they, and they can actually see and compare the performance because they 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 leave a portion which is not treated with our technology. And the second, it's allow you to generate data, which is which is related to what we are uh, uh, we, we discussed earlier. Um, and I think this is this is uh, where, where I feel you know this, this is the part of the, of the week when I when I'm getting those reports and 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 you see that you can actually as a private entity create such a, a large impact over the globe uh, uh, by working with the industry. Very fulfilling, I'm sure. Um, and and it sounds like your environmental impact sort of seeps into the 
economic impact that you're having. And it's something that I've actually been recently discussing with a friend of mine who didn't realize just how many people live on coasts and, and, and like something like 40% of America is actually part of a coastal community. So um, these things really affect us. And as you said, increasing that biodiversity brings more livelihood for fishermen, which a huge source of protein for the whole world comes from the ocean. So thanks for pointing out that you're having that effect as well. Um, and and then something else I wanted to, to get into with you, as you mentioned about how you are integrating this with the infrastructure. So are there regulations um, that sort of require that to happen? And I know there's something called mitigation, which was something I was going to ask Rachel about when I spoke to her on this on the show, which I'll get to in the future because she went and had a baby on us. So, um, mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear from you, you know, just how like the, the policy behind infrastructure and our built environment affects you and your product. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, um, the, the regulations are highly affecting uh, um, where we operate. And, and the reason is that there are different regions in the world that, that um, um, capture and see the value of ecosystem services and, and are basically finding different mechanisms to uh, make sure that the industry is minimizing the impact and compensate for any damages that they create. Um, one of them is mitigation, which mitigation is basically a, a system that is, that is actually uh, uh, um, used in the U.S. In, in a very efficient way. And when when the local regulator is evaluating the, the damage, the, the associated damage with the coastal and marine construction, and according to that, they ask the asset owner to mitigate for those damages. And it can be, there's different types of mitigation that can be done, but there's a, a you know, if, if we take an example of someone building a breakwater, someone building a pier, and and they are, uh, for doing this, they are affecting uh, the natural coastline that was there before, that was supporting different species, etc. So the regulator can come and say, okay, you created that and that damage, or this amount of damage. And because of that, um, you have a few options. One of them is a mitigation pack. You, you need to pay in a kind of a fine that will be used for environmental, uh, um, let's say, restoration in, in, a, in a nearby region. The other one is, is that they, they will say, no, instead of paying a fine, your mitigation will be, we'll give you a task. There's a, there, is a, there is a dump, you know, a, 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 an area, a polluted area nearby, and we were asking you to build a plan and to initiate it and clean it. And that will be your, your, your mitigation for the impact that you created in, in, in the other site. And the other thing, the last thing is that they said, okay, um, show us how you can invest and build in a more responsible way. So, so allocate your, your resources to minimize the impact that you created on the site. And how can you mitigate within your site, within your port, within your city, uh, but by the, the impact that you created, so that's the mitigation system, and and it's and it's very along different regions in the U.S. and different states, uh, but but basically the 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 it's 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 more or less the same, um, and and I think what we're uh, um, it pushing the industry to look for solutions, and why is it pushing the industry to look for solution? Because the costs that are associated with doing an on-site mitigation building a more responsibly and find a way to mitigate 
on the pro on the project and compared to the cost of you know either building you know cleaning another site or or initiating another project to mitigate for the other one uh, is 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 less so you the, the the industry is is looking for solution to build in a more responsible way because the um, investment that they're going to do in that will probably be less than other way of mitigating so it's pushing the industry toward looking for solutions and 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 i think it's it's a beautiful process you can see a different methodology that, that we, we we see for example in the north sea and in europe when you get targets so it's the permit if you want to build this port you need to do this this and this and it's getting to and 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 then for example now when the new permits are coming for the offshore wind energy uh areas in in the north sea um um the basically the the entities that are uh, um, going for those tenders need to show how they build and how they will do an uh, a biodiversity uplift i will how they will support specific species how much money they're going to allocate for ecological restoration local ecological restoration so so it's it's coming through the permit if they're not going to comply with that they will not get the permit um and the last thing which which is starting now to kick in which is the uh, the net gain and and the forerunner this is the uk is that uh starting from this month every project that is built either on land or in coastal area in the uk is under the, the new net gain law which means that they're gonna you, you, they're gonna measure the biodiversity before you're, you're starting your project and when you finish your project you need to show a 10 percent uplift on biodiversity which means if that if someone is taking a shoreline, which is a natural natural shoreline, and they're building a breakwater on it, they need to find a solution to get not you know not to get some kind of biodiversity from that structure that was considered ten years ago good enough, but have more biodiversity than the than the area that they ran over, and 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 it's completely shifting the way that people are looking at. And, and the regulators are looking at, at infrastructure, and also the industry is 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 is, is assessing large projects. Suddenly, budget that in the past were just nice to have, so so you build whatever you build, and then you 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 know you you do some kind of a greenwash. You can't do a greenwash anymore. It's measurable. You need to measure your impact, and according to the impact that you created, you're going to be fined, or there's going to be financial burden that you need to to cope with. So uh, mitigation is one of them. Um, and, and I must say that it's it's a very straightforward system. So it is now being and it's, and it's it's been mostly developed in the U.S. But now uh, um, you can see other countries in the world that are adopting the the U.S. system. They're sort of iterating on it, which is great. It's very encouraging to hear what you're saying that it's it's becoming. Well, I mean, for you, it's obviously showing that there's a huge market for your your product and and that's fantastic you're going to be in offshore hopefully offshore projects for wind and energy and i i want to take a step back before we we have to wrap up i i really wanted to ask you it sounds like this accidental you know finding which by the way what year was that when you were having coffee at the power plant to uh 2011 Okay, so we're in, it's it's been a number of years that you had to go through a lot of studying, and it sounds like the NOAA 
um, sanctuaries rep brought you, brought you over to an opportunity in the U.S. And um, how, how did you get funding? Like, I, I want to talk a little about the challenge because you made it sound like it's it's just gone so smoothly and easily. And I'm sure there were challenges along the way. There were, like, there were mostly challenges. Uh, <laughs> um, first of all, um, you need to get the funding because, because what, what I was describing is a long process when you do research. And you validate performance, and it's not just like a, you know, like a, you write a code on your computer, and you can validate it that 20 minutes later on if it's, if it's working or not. In order to validate uh, 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 the ability of a material to support biodiversity, you need to put it in the water and wait. And it's not enough to wait a few days. It's not enough to wait a few months. You need to wait several seasons in order to see if you if you recruit the corals that are that the larvae are in the water only at the end of winter. So, 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 so every process we do is, is, is not, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a monthly and year on a year, you know, uh, yearly base uh, process. Sure. Life, so, life takes time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, so it was, it, it was a challenge of finding how can we fund this and, and and we we tackle this by, by by two different ways. One is finding the investors that are, uh, are looking into this market and and have a long term vision of where the um, the industry and the world is going to head. Because when we started and we tried start you know when we pitched this to ports and 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 you know entities at the time. People say, well, it's nice to have, we're now everyone is talking about CO2 and carbon credit, but we never heard about biodiversity, so uh, we'll call you. And, and, and it was for a very long time that we pitched and, and there was actually no market. And we, 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 it was educating the market, this is what they need. And it's, and it's dealing with the regulators and dealing with the decision makers and, and with the influencers and, 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 and shifting. It's, it wasn't just us, it was an entire academic community that did this with us and, and pitched this shift of, of, of thinking. Um, and during that process, we needed support. So one of was was, was getting funds from, from angels and, and from VCs that, that saw, saw the long-term potential. And the other one was grants. So, so you, 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 we reached out to different sources that provide grants if it's the European Union, if it's grants in the U.S., federal, federal and state grants um, that allow you to support the research, to support the validation, and 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 basically reduce your financial burden on, on the investment that you put on those things. And slowly, uh, um, as you start to show results, it's it's a little bit easier to uh, um, to get more funding, although it's never easy. And and that's how we did it, step by step. Um, um, you, you are when you when you're starting to generate revenue, it's it's making it easier, and but but it's it's a very very slow process. That sounds more like more in line with what I hear from lots of founders. So, I'm, it's good to get that perspective. But I'm I'm thrilled to hear the traction that you've you've picked up. And I I guess one last thing to ask you is what uh, what would be your dream for E-concrete for the next five years. What do you hope will happen? 
because there's 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 I think there's there's two. First, we we are uh, um, as we briefly mentioned, we 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 started working on coastal projects, so on ports and breakwater, etc. And and we slowly, because of our clients, got pulled into the deep water. So now we did uh, uh, provided solutions for protecting uh, underwater gas pipe and and cables. Uh, and, and, and the foundations for uh, uh, wind turbines uh, offshore. So, so I think is 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 what I uh, uh, a dream and what I see is that that we we are shifting the we're pushing the industry for a more uh, responsible way of construction. So um, the impact that uh, a one port can create if it built the right way in terms of local biodiversity and ecosystem services. Is is unequivalent to any number of artificial reef or 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 restoration project you can do um, in order to compensate for the for damaging and building and with 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 the the way that was built before. So so I think the ability to to create an, a, a valuable and measurable ecological impact is 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 where I see um, the, the 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 future. So you can provide a technology. That that can create a change in the world and can create a change where 50% of the world population resides, and most of the uh, uh, most of us on, on this planet, when when we are going to our coastline, what we see is altered coastline. We don't see natural habitats anymore, and and we forgot that, you, that there were there were natural habitats there that provided us with several ecosystem services, and we can get some of them back. Not all of them, not in the same performance as natural habitat. But we're much better than what we have now, and 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 my vision is that we're we're as a, as a as a for-profit entity can do this change and 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 move the industry uh, uh, towards the right direction. Oh, perfect! You are such a great example, Ido, of a startup in ocean tech that's having an impact, measuring that impact, and even your origins of of being a scientist, not a businessman, like the, the perspective you bring is really important. So I uh, really appreciate your time today and can't wait to see e-concrete in more places. I know you have me inspired to look up just how much infrastructure happens. I, I have had guests on my show before in coastal infrastructure and even seawalls. So it's really fun to see more of these companies worldwide kicking off and and really developing and in your case leading the charge so thank you no happy to be here and and uh and i think it's it's super important to emphasize the different technologies and different and, and showing that the market is growing and, and and you know just you mentioning there's there's more and more companies and startups that are focusing on this and it's super important that that uh um those will be supported because because you know, by doing this, you can actually harness the power of 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 the of the, of the, you know, the industry to change itself. So, uh, so I think it's a great process. You mentioned the, that you're a for-profit, and that excites me so much too. Because I really, I what I do every day is to support the fact that you can make money doing the right thing, everybody. So, um, thanks for working on your on, on educating the market as well and just making sure people know that um, and inspiring others to notice something around them that they could they could change for the better as well so 
Ido Sella, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks to our listeners and to the American Shoreline Podcast Network as well. Let me know via LinkedIn or email at tamara at ladybluetech.com if you know of anyone else who you feel is a real wave maker now that you've just had a really great example. Thanks and we'll see you next month. Bye.